0: Hello and welcome to The Digger Podcast, where we talk about everything to do with earth-moving attachments. Join Digger CEO Alan Wade, product specialist Anthony Weekman, and head of marketing Lionel Smitka for a blend of helpful information, interviews, and funny stories from the past 40 years. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Today we're going to talk about screw anchoring drives, and to do so we're joined by a special guest straight out of Dyesville, Iowa. Bo Ellingson is sales manager in the US, and with the US selling screw anchor drives like we sell drilling drives in Australia, we thought it would be fitting to include Bo in this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Bo.
1: Hey, well, thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, share some of my experiences and uh, viewpoint from uh, this side of the world.
0: It's great to have you. Before we get started, uh, what's happening in the US? How's the economy? Um, You guys flat out like, uh, like the rest of us?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, the economy as a whole is, is on the rebound a bit. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's, for, for our purposes, um, our industry, um, you know, really there hasn't, there, there, there wasn't, uh, much of a downturn and, and, uh, you know, uh, fortunately for us, we, we haven't been, uh, negatively impacted by the, uh, the COVID pandemic. Um, and, and we were able to, uh, to, to kind of continue to grow through it. Um, yeah, it, currently, um, the, the demand is still very high and, and uh, business is very good.
0: That's, uh, that's great to hear. And I see, uh, the U S is getting back on track. Trade shows are happening, so, which is, uh, you know, great to see.
1: Recently actually went down to the the world of concrete trade show and, you know, although the, the numbers, um, weren't what they traditionally are, as far as attendees and whatnot, it was, uh, it was good, good to get back, uh, seeing some customers that, that were able to make it and stop by the booth and, uh, look forward to seeing everyone uh, you know uh, as we continue to go to trade shows and uh, get back to some sort of normalcy
2: what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I
0: think we've had that show already. Yeah. Oh, I have <laughs> <Okay>. sorry. <laughs> um, before we go too much further, you'll, men- you'll hear Bo mention uh, helical piles, where uh, Anthony and Alan will probably refer to them as screw piles. Bo might also refer to foot-pounds of torque, uh, where in Australia we refer to it as uh, newton metres. Aluminium
2: um- and aluminium. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we may need to translate the the podcast <laughs> Foot, afterwards. Foot pounds student
2: meters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's get started. Anthony, uh, what's a screw anchor drive, and how does
3: it differ from a drilling drive? So the main the main difference anything can screw in a, a screw anchor in, and um, and lots of guys think that they've got a, a drive and they'll, they'll drive an anchor in and and walk away. But essentially, what really differentiates the um, the Auger drive to a screw anchor drive is the addition of our energy control valve. So that's a, um, it's protecting the the drive from any kickback and uh, also you need to have a gearbox that is um, built to work at a constant high torque. You know, your your drive's traditional auger drive will, um, you know, sporadically hit its peak each time but um, a, a screw anchor drive is going to hit that peak and hold that peak for, for a, a long time while you're driving those screw anchors in down, you know, four, five, six metres and up to 20 metres. So it's, it's about how robust that drive is and it's going to be able to handle that high torque consistently.
0: So you can't take a drilling drive and start putting anchors in? I, I presume the, uh, the RPM
3: won't work? Yeah, you you know, guys will try and you can adjust it, but, you know, traditionally you, you want to be augering, you're going to be up around, you know, depending if you're in rock, clay, whatever you're drilling, but, you know, traditionally guys are going to be up around that 40, 45 to 50 RPM. If you're, if you're doing those sort of RPNs with a screw anchor, then you're going to just be augering that screw anchor in. You've got your revolutions are going to be going too quick and you're just going to be cutting it in rather than screwing it in
2: and anchoring it into the ground. And don't fall into the trap of if you've got a PD40 yeah. thinking you've got 40,000. Yeah, <laughs> It doesn't work that way. Many a business has been closed down oh, and, and reset up. Well, yeah, yeah. If... Um, if Cole's listening, <laughs> he bought a PD40 at auction and thought he had 40,000 newton metres and start to screw anchors in.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Bo, I think the US is well and truly uh, advanced when it comes to screw anchoring. Uh, what applications are you seeing uh, screw anchors or helical piles being used for?
1: Well, I mean, uh, really, the, the, uh, the applications are, are really endless, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, residential uh, foundation repair, remediation, decks, uh, boardwalks, you know, oftentimes uh, helicals can be used for, for uh, tieback, slope stabilization, sh- shoring, whether permanent or temporary, um, you know, and, and in certain uh, electrical transmission lines, um, communication towers. Things like that you know and and if you look at it or you look out your window really anything that requires a you know a a foundation um you know a a helical pile or or, um you know some other form you know of of alternative foundation is 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 always an option um so you know obviously a lot of it may depend on the uh the lay of the, the land and geotechnical uh factors but uh but uh but yeah i mean the 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 applications uh for their uses are, are very broad we've seen
2: a huge use in solar farm yeah, yeah that's massive now yeah,
3: yeah. i don't think a solar farm goes in without a screw anchor these days i don't think yeah. they do traditional yeah. peering with that you yeah. know they, they want minimal ground disturbance they don't want to get rid of all the spoil they just want to go and, and punch it in so the only drilling they sort of might do is a bit of pre-drilling if um if the ground's are a bit hard,
2: how many poles went into that one in northern New South Wales at Moree or something, wasn't it? It was.
3: Yeah, that was. Th- I can't remember. mad. It's been too many beers since then. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
2: it was it was in excess of like thirty thousand poles. Yeah, or something it, was, was it
3: was huge. They ended up. Um, I think they ended up running about five pd PD-18s and a couple of. 30s pd 30s that was done up you know they they had a a heap of drives.
2: yeah there's a there's another farm Mm. about to kick off or i think it has kicked off in western queensland it's apparently that's going to look like a pimple on a pumpkin Mm. compared in size so
3: Um, Uh, jason jason moddy's running
2: what three or four
3: sd drives that he's made on that mast and, Mm, mm. and he just punches those things in farm after farm um, Bo, are you guys seeing a lot of solar projects using helical
1: piles? Yes. Yeah, we are. And, and yeah, you're right. Generally, when it is a solar project, I mean, it is it's, it's a big project. Um, tons of piles, multiple drives. Um, you know, I know that there must be a, a a couple up for bid right now. I'm hearing hearing some uh, some information on that. But yeah, that is a, that's a common application. Um, oil and gas is another big one. It seems that industry. Um, it's a very it's a very common uh, common use for helical piles, whether that be you know on the substation, oil mats, uh, you know the actual uh, pipeline itself, uh, storage, uh, housing, you know the the, the whole works. Um, a lot of a lot of times, uh, you know, some sort of uh, screwed in um, anchor is the uh, the preferred foundation
0: uh, but while you're talking jobs. about uh housing it's uh, it, it is interesting uh, after hurricane sandy and katrina went through thousands of houses had to be lifted um above flood levels um that was a, a massive time for for digger and you know, i guess for for helical piles
1: yeah yeah i mean um you know i went out to, after sandy i was out at uh at, at new jersey um close to the coast with a with a customer and was able to see it firsthand. You know, all the houses uh, you know, uh a mile off the coast. We're all up on on cribbing and uh, you know, uh, a lot of those uh were waiting there, you know, uh pile foundation, timber pile, um, whatever it may be, but try to get to an elevation where they're uh um less likely to be impacted by uh, f- future natural disasters.
0: All right, so screw piling, what uh, what machines can you use to install a, a screw pile?
3: Well I guess they're you know well, it, traditionally it was always the the big guys that were you know 20 ton and up were, were the yeah, screw anchor drive guys, but with the um, with the new trends of housing now getting screw anchors, you know it, we've got guys with one and a half tonners one to do some yeah, kind min- of screw anchoring, yeah, they're you know, doing, yeah, doing the, the, shades, the shade sails, yeah. screwing in the anchors for those, so, you know, that's that's what brought around the evolution of the, you know, in Bose world, it's the MM10K, we call it the MM14K here, so, um, you know, it's a nice little tight, compact drive unit that, that puts out 14,000 newton metres of torque, or 10,000 foot-pounds, it's allowing those guys with the smaller machines to be able to get in anchors nice and deep and at high torque. Yeah, it's really And good. I
1: think that's a that's appealing to, you know, the contractors that 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 are inst- that are looking to get into, you know, being a, an installer, um, you know, or the, the you know, the client looking to have a job done is the fact that, you know, traditionally they can be done with a uh, much smaller machinery that's generally readily available to the contractors. Uh, than, than, than some alternative foundations.
2: There's a lot of, um, in America, we don't suit in Australia because we don't have, traditionally have basements as such like they do in the U.S. And we developed a, a handheld unit for the, for the U.S. market primarily because people physically carry these drive units down into the basement and using a power su- source from outside the basement, i.e. an excavator or, or a skid steer or something like that or a power pack, will be putting in screw anchors under floor, you know, so under, a, you know, under the floor of a, of, a, of a residential structure. So, really, these can be put, for anything from you holding it by hand through to the biggest of excavators. I don't know what the biggest excavator, you've put them on bay, but I've certainly seen them on things up to around the, you know, the 60, 70 tonne,
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, you get up into our, you know, our XD range, the, you know, the biggest range that, that we sell, you know, the same models globally. Um, you know, yeah, you're looking at 60, 70 ton machines that, that uh, that's feasible to fit these two minimum 50, 50 ton machines. So um, so certainly and, and, and to your point, you know, the the handheld uh, uh, market is is uh, it, it's still it's still prevalent. Um, I mean, if people need to get in these basement crawl spaces, elevator shafts, um, tough to tough to reach and access areas, uh, um, you know they're getting the job done with uh, with you know portable equipment that still gives you the ability to you know to reach five six thousand foot pounds of torque, which is uh, as you can imagine be be enough uh, to 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 hold on to that's for sure.
2: We had a um, you you know I think it was. Magnum Peering, um, I can't remember who the customer was there, that, that they needed to get in underneath uh, petroleum, inside a uh, uh, petroleum refinery, and needed to get in under pipelines that were under still working. Up. Yeah.
3: Well, that was the gimbal
2: mount. And we developed that gimbal mount to for those guys. To, and they put it on it. Was it a telehandler dot, uh, or a, a crane sort of setup?
1: Oh, Memory doesn't really serve what the... Uh what they had it on um but yeah i do recall the the application and and just that need to keep the pickup of the machine really low and and to you know have the the the, basically the top of the motor of the uh, of the drive unit essentially right underneath some some racking and uh yeah we were able to come up with a solution with the the jib extension that was really the one of the first ones we uh we ever did Uh, we we've refined them a bit since and and, uh, you know, most of our, our uh, uh, gimbal mounts are now kind of offered with four-way swing and, and, and made some refinements. But, uh, but yeah, that, that was a good example of, uh, of kind of uh, instead of just uh, providing a product and, and not a full solution, yeah. uh, you know, working with the customer um, and to kind of be able to tailor uh, a product and, and a design specific to, to their needs in the application. So Yeah,
2: we've always said we were able to. Solve a lot of you know, most problems that you know, customers you know, come to us with. Miracles take a little longer, but we, we do our best. <laughs> um,
0: but touching on mounts, um, is a thing I, I think a lot of the TPE, the telescopic extension for skids, is that we've developed the MM10K, they've all come out of the US, where generally. The rest of our product go, goes from Australia to the US. These have sort of flowed back uh, because of the demand. So we're learning a lot from the US market um, and uh, the jib extensions or the boom extensions, as we call it's, them. You um, got to,
2: you know, you, you have to be fortunate enough to, to travel to to the different, you know, parts of the world. You know, certainly bo has been out here to Australia, and likewise, you know, we've been over over there to their market and. You know, to understand that, you know, geographically, Australia and the US, geographically, the exact same size. Mm. It's just when you get down to population and and, um, and population coverage across the country, you know, the US have been smart enough to populate their whole country, where we tend to stick to the coast. coast. (laughs) For some reason like water and sharks
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I it's a great thing that um I, I guess we're learning so much out of the the, the world's biggest uh market no, and yeah. uh, and bringing um all that we've learned back to australia yeah, so yeah.
3: You, you can see how mature their market is in the sense of you know we're, our, our market still is traditionally excavators doing yeah. screw anchors and, and mm. the old guy with the the mini loader. not many guys are getting into it with the skid steers yeah. yet in the US,
2: mate, most oh. guys have got that the TPE or well, the sales, the of TPE in the US. I'm, I, I don't know exact numbers, but you might be able to be clear on it. But they'll sell hundreds of units a year. Mm. We sell literally. Yeah,
1: I think we do like a hundred. I think we did like hundred twenty or thirty last year, or something like that.
2: Yeah, we do like one or two. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 yeah just and a lot of guys, guys are used there.
1: for drilling as well. You know, the, you know, a lot of people that want to use, you know, drill. 15 feet with a skid steer and instead of having to you know manually add and remove extensions while they're just you know you you get a telescopic piling extension extend it and 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 you do the whole the whole thing in one pass um but really you know all that stuff it's it's been good but uh you know all of it's been really driven by feedback from the customers and and, uh you know to 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 our credit we listened and, and and uh and design something that we thought would be useful and and reflective of what they were asking for. And, and uh, you know, generally when we do that, you know, with the, the, the gimbal mounts that we sell a lot of on the MM MM10s and and now we have that available up through the SD range, um, jib extensions, telescopic piling extensions. um, It, uh, it it does set us apart and then the the ability to uh, throw the other the complete package with the drive adapters in the mix, um, and 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 ultimately it uh, it makes the uh, you know our dealers' lives a lot easier, and, and uh, ultimately the the end user, whoever is going to be using that equipment, uh, uh, it makes their life a lot easier.
0: All right, we might move on to uh, specifics of our drive and what sets our drive apart, and uh, and why it's probably the preferred drive in the industry. Um, we might start with you, um, Alan. Uh, we make our own gearbox, and obviously that's going to be an advantage.
2: Oh, definitely, 100%. We, we have the total control over what's going into that gearbox, right from the design stage through to um, machining, case hardening and whatever, whatever, and, and then to the actual assembly and build of the, of the gearbox. Um, if I go back to now, an um, and I'm going back probably 15 years, when our biggest gearbox was a, was a PD50. And PD50 is 38,000 newton metres. Bo can do the conversion to foot-pounds. But you know, it's 30 38,000 newton metres. But we know it's, it's maximum. That that bottom gear set, Series 8, we'll see is about 42,000, 45,000 newton metres. If someone's going to be screwing helical poles, screw poles... And they're wanting to do it at forty thousand. We knew that we had to come up with something better than that. Even though we know that one's rated forty two forty five, if you are going to be going constant to forty thousand newton meters all day every day, we needed something bigger and better to go beyond that. Hence, we, you know, the, without giving too much away, the, um, the Series Eight is the bottom end of a of a of a PD fifty. Um, we've then developed. Series nine point five, um, and so on and so on, and we progressively did that right through the range to where we're now at at um, series fourteen. Um, for a gearbox, it, it puts out five hundred thousand newton meters. That's you know, put that in perspective. That's fifty ton of rotational torque at the shaft. Now that's that's a huge amount of power. It's
0: it, and it's a huge gearbox. It's it, it oh, weighs a ton. Yeah. Um, it's it's absolutely massive. Yeah. It, it, it stands taller than than well, a person. It's it's, yeah, it's
2: it's it's taller than most most people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And you know, and as we we said before, you can that type of that type of drive, your minimum. You know, you want to be looking at is a is a forty five tonner. But we would we would say you know forty five through to to sixty ton. I think we sold most of the the five hundreds that we've manufactured and um, all manufactured in Australia um, were have been sold into, into Canada. Is that correct, Bob? Most of the – I think there's
1: about oh, 18. Oh, you know, yeah. They, it, uh, I, a lot of the early ones, we, we do have a few, uh, you know, three, four, I believe, in the States as well, and, mm. and it seems that uh, um, the inquiries in that range uh, have picked up a little bit, uh, you know, uh, domestically here in, in the U.S.
2: Yeah. We're, we're actually starting to get. I think we've. There's a few
3: jobs that are, are calling for that sort of yeah. range. I don't know if they've come through yet, but um, yeah, there's, there's been. Yeah. A couple I mean, of look, that's, that's not a
2: high. There's very few. Like the pile that that would be screwing in is massive. What's the pipe size on a pile like that? But that's thirty-six inch. I think the pipe is yeah, you, you know, know, you know that you know definitely I've mil? heard
1: of some like big twenty four inches with you know big big massive triple helixes and, and things of that nature. But uh, you know, I think it, to a certain extent too, you know the uh, you know the requirement for that torque uh, kind of has to do with the, the lay of the land, stability of the land as well. So you know, I do feel um, it may be uh, a bit regional depending on the uh, the the geotechnical factors, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you know I I remember recall one project where the it was being used on a you know 24 inch OD pile with uh, you know three big massive uh, you know helixes on them.
0: Now the another advantage of uh, making our own gearbox is how compact the gearbox is compared um, to. Oh yeah
2: what else is out on the market. Yeah. And look again we, we make the we make the box as, as compact as we can, choosing our gearbox, the way we build the gearbox and also the motor that we choose to put on top, you know. Yeah how that how that interfaces with the gearbox is is, yeah. is part of our yeah. selection. Yeah. Yeah you know, we, we're currently using and we we've we we, we, we favor the radial piston motor. Yeah. Um, pure efficiency of radial piston is just way you know to us is way superior. Mm. And handles that and and it's horsepower. compact. And yeah, and it's compact. It's in compact. In probably more important is the compact in height of the overall drive, um, because that's where, you know, you, you're hanging one of these these units under a, an excavator boom, and it's how how much pile can I get in the ground, without needing extensions. It's it's a critical thing for these guys, and that's hence why we um, we came up with the gimbal mount. That was to increase it, and I think you know, picked up at probably another. Look, maybe five feet, um, you know, fifteen hundred mil of, of height, just by going to gimbal mm. on a, just on a standard drive. Yeah, so that, that's a bit just
3: of, gets them over the top of that pile. Yeah, one.
2: yeah. So keeping compact is, is is important to us. We ma- we mailed the two. Um, we've been able to build a, a very very strong gearbox in a very minimal minimal space.
0: Well, to give that a bit of context, uh, you have a story about. Uh someone in Canada looking over a fence.
2: <laughs> screw in Canada because of the oil, the oil um, pipelines and that up there is very is common. And we had, a, we had a good customer up there um, who probably took a punt on us early, early in the piece. These guys go out in the, drive out over the frozen ground. <laughs> this is in there in the North American winter. And they'll, they'll drive out over the frozen grounds, and which is like through summer is just marsh. It's just bog. Um, but the ground's frozen, so they can get across these get across these grounds. So they'll go out and they'll screw piles in, um, stick saddles on the piles, and lay a pipeline. And they'll lay that from, you know, the very from up Alaska way, like the, the very northern parts of um, Alberta. Um, and they'll lay that pipeline, and they'll they'll be pumping oil down into into the refineries. I think they're in. North America, aren't they? Both, they're in sort of um, Texas and around there, the big refineries, and they'll um, they'll go out and screw these things into the ground all through winter. When the story goes that this one customer, the one that took the punt on us, he was sending trucks out with, with piles and, and all day every day, and, and really, you know, was a drive unit coming back broken, you know, service repair whatever. He's over the fence neighbour. And I'm talking, this is a big industrial, you know, sites. He's, he's sending trucks out. They're doing the same type of work. Well, he's sending trucks out all day, every day, just like old mate over the fence. But what he didn't see was trucks coming back with drive units on them for repair. And up there they like to have, if they've got a drive unit in the field, they'll have a drive unit in the workshop. And this guy was just seeing his mates, his neighbours, trucks going out, just going out with poles. Going out with poles, coming back empty, going out with poles. His trucks going out with poles, come back with a drive unit. <laughs> Service repair fix, send it back out, come back with a drive unit. And he eventually he stood on a forty four gallon drum with his binoculars and looked over the fence to see see what with these drive units. and <laughs> what he, brand it was. What brand it was and picked up our name and, and um and that's the business up there has grown. We've got a very good reputation with the the you know, the big big market up there. And Bo, you know, I've been up to up into um, Canada with Bo, um, especially into um, Alberta. It's a big region there for us, and we've done a couple of trips up there and to visit all these guys. And they're, 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 It's a world. It's a different world. They're a breed of their own. They're, they've got $100 bills you know, just falling out of their pockets. They're all driving around in the biggest of Ford Raptors and whatever, mm. whatever. It's, <laughs> it's certainly a different game.
0: Um, <laughs> w- we <laughs> touched on uh, radial piston motor just earlier,
3: Ant. Um, why is that our preferred motor? I oh, just through the um, the efficiency of that motor, um, and, and as Al said, they're they're nice and compact for what they put out. You know the the size of them and the power that they put out is is phenomenal. So, you know over over many years of development of screw anchor drives, where we've tried numbers and multiple numbers of different types of motors and and all that sort of thing and and it was always our Achilles heel, that was, you know, the, the gearbox would handle that duty cycle, but the motors didn't. The motors just didn't hold up to that um the rigors of screw anchoring where you're you're just working at, at ninety to ninety five percent of its capacity all day every day. So, you know, with um when we got into the the size then that they just they just handle that. they they're well within uh, their capacity of what they can handle and they hold, uh, are they, they're able to handle that high horsepower so the combination of, of the flow and the pressure together, they, they just hold it in really well and the efficiency is fantastic.
2: It, it put, to put efficiencies into sort of layman is like you have you have a gear motor, very agricultural motor, you have a Girola motor which is what we most commonly use in our day-to-day drilling motors and then you have something like a radial piston and, you know, a gear motor, a gear motor will start up 90% efficient, but quickly, you know, you run that solid for an hour, two hours, three hours, it progressively goes down 90%, 70%, 50%. It's A gear motor is a very agricultural motor and, and does, you know, tend to drop off fairly quickly. Gerola motor starts up at 95%, and after an hour's solid work, it's probably still running about 80%. A, a radial piston motor, it'll actually start up around the ninety percent mark, but it actually increases efficiency. So after an hour's running, it's running at ninety-five percent. After you more constant, it'll go. It basically goes up to hundred percent efficient because the the um, the actual internal workings of the motor, they um, where oil's getting hotter and viscosity is going down, so you lose you lose efficiency. The radial piston sort of takes up for that because it basically I don't know how you simply saying it expands, Expand. yeah. you know, the, the, the ceiling in it expands and, and, you know, is still able to use that, um, use up all the power that's in that oil,
0: mm. yeah. Our anchor drives feature an ECV valve or an energy control valve. Um, Bo, did you want to touch on why we fit that valve and what it does?
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly, and, uh, you know, Anthony touched on this uh, a bit earlier in the discussion. Uh, but but certainly when uh, um, and it's not just for um, I guess installing a, a helical pile. Um, I think that the, the the benefits of the the uh, ECV energy control relief valve um, can also be realized in, in other applications, whether it be a you know a, a, a grouted uh, displaced uh, displacement pile um, or a, a CFA um, that's. Uh, it's pretty long, and, and you kind of get a similar effect with that. But but essentially, when you are installing a screw anchor or a heel pile, um, you know, oftentimes those are you know uh, designed to engineered to to be a, uh, installed to a certain torque, um, and in doing so, and or a depth. But uh, nonetheless, there's a built up rotational energy that, that's stored in that pile, and, and and when you go to release your pressures, um, it'll, it'll momentarily kick back. You know, enforces energy all the way up through the pile drive shaft uh, gearbox um, up into the hydraulic motor um, and that that action you know effectively turns uh, the motor into a, a high-speed pump um, generating cavitation of the motor and, and, it, and it caused uh, it leads to failure and, and expensive uh, replacement cost uh, so on and so forth so I mean essentially fitting our ECB uh, affords you that protection um, where you're gonna you know when you go to release uh, release from the pile um, that that valve controls the release of all that built up uh, rotational energy um, and, and it'll uh, it'll ensure that your your hydraulic motor and, and gearbox uh, um, are able to be put to work for um, for a good long while and, and, and live a good life so um, it is very important um, you know, we do require it on all of our drives uh, used for a screw anchoring application over 12,000 foot-pounds. Um, you know, we, we had some feedback on the, uh, you know, the the lighter load uh, helicals, um, you know, small shaft diameter or, hey, look, at certain depths, we're just not seeing this. Um, so we do allow the uh, some units to be sold for that application, uh, lower torque without the ECV valve, but, uh, it does come at a, a lesser warranty because, you know, you're not opting for that, uh, that extra protection. I see it even with, uh, you know, particularly with uh, square chef piles, when you go see those installed, they're actually, you know, traditionally installed to, to, to permanent yield deformation. Um, so you can about imagine how much, you know, rotational energy is, is, is stored in that, in that, uh, in
3: that pile when they go to release their pressures that's it yeah a lot of times people ask when do i need we need to add it what what drive and my, my common answer is you you don't need it until you need it, <laughs> it it's, it's like insurance you know you it's, it's always too late after you've got that backlash and you, you damage the motor so if you're going to be screw anchoring you just put a ecv okay. on and 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 have peace of mind that your unit and your investment is protected. Yeah,
2: I mean, you 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 got to remember that the hydraulic motor is is running through the gearbox, and the gearbox is basic. It's a reduction gearbox, and just for you know these, if you have got a, a a gearbox with a reduction of two hundred to one, and you you're screwing an anchor into the ground, and it's it's twenty. It's 20 feet under the ground, you know, it's, it's six metres down. The helical at the bottom of that screw anchor has reached its maximum yield. It's, it, it can't turn anymore. But the pipe, the flex in the pipe still will turn. And over that 20, that 20 feet, that pipe might turn a quarter, a half a turn, like a half a twist. It hasn't yielded, it's just a twist in the pipe. Well, it's when you r- realise when that pipe at the top stops, and you disengage the hydraulics, the flick back in that pipe is now become 200 to 1 multiplication back up into the motor. That's where the damage is, is caused. And, and actually, the... the, the um, I don't know the right word for use for it, but the repercussion is hey, not only the motor that's spinning backwards at 200 you know, to, to 1, it's also sending that oil back down to the machine to your valve, <laughs> it's... Yeah, like it's like bullet travel. Like it's, yeah, travel like, yeah, just like a bullet, yeah. Well. It's, it can do a lot of damage, and hence why we, we came up with it. And, it. and look, it wasn't something we, we just dreamed up as, a, as a, an add-on. It came from pure necessity and, and watching over the years guys, and a lot of it was in, was in my day in Sydney, where guys were, um, were installing piles... And then they were bringing their drive units in, be saying, "Oh, the, the motor's making all this funny, you know, swooshing sound." <laughs> and um, it turned out that the little, the little um, um, pressure valves in the tops of the the um, Eden motors were mushrooms, and was just allowing the oil to bypass, and that was this, this swooshing sound was this <laughs> bypass, and um, and we were just replacing those things, you know, and. You know, there's so much so guys were having replacement motors, and when when that started happening, they'd take the motor off, put a new motor on, send that motor into us to get repaired, whatever, whatever. And we just sat sat down and said, why is this happening? Went out and actually physically watched it and watched these piles screwing you, and then flicking back. And I tell you, when they flick back, this was on a PD40 or PD50, this particular case, when it flicked back, it flicked back with a with a bang. Mm. I thought the I thought the whole the, uh, excavator was falling apart. I <laughs> hit the ground. I was laying on the ground. The operator's just looking at me laughing. And I said, What was that? And he goes, Oh, it's the pole just flicking back. And then, you know, penny dropped. Okay, you need to fix this. And you know, when we developed the E C V and that's it that's very, you know, energy control valve. Mm. Swoosh. We we originally, for years, it was called the swoosh valve because that's the noise that it made when when it was activated. (laughs) It it just made this little swoosh. It's not very descriptive, but uh, it It, worked. People knew what we are talking about. (laughs) 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 All
0: right, so a lot of our listeners uh, may not know a great deal about screw anchoring or screw piles. Uh, What's the process? I'm guessing that it starts with an engineer choosing screw pile over traditional concrete foundations is that how it starts
2: that's going to be best because he he would be doing more of this day in day out yeah i would would say absolutely
3: it comes down to the the design of the the job and it's the engineer who then decides whether it's going to be drilled drilled wall holes with concrete and reinforcing or, or whether it's screw anchor and then he's got to then decide how much load that that um, pile's going to take, so it's all in the design of how big that helix is going to be for the load, mm-hmm. and then gives it, and that's what a lot of guys come to us when we're asking what rotation, or torque they need to achieve. They'll give us that mm-hmm. load rating of of the actual pile weight. So they'll go, I need, you know, fifty thousand kilonewtons, and, and but that's the actual rating of the pile, not not the install torque. So,
0: all right, so we we're not going to get into the geotechnical side of things, because that's not our expertise. But, uh, Bo, what's the process of choosing the right screw anchor drive for a customer?
1: Yeah, well, well, certainly, you know, most times, um, by the time the customer gets uh, to to really looking into the installation equipment and what he's gonna need for a specific project, you know, by that time, you know, if they have an engineered foundation and or are working with a, you know, reputable helical pile manufacturer, so on and so forth, um, they'll generally have, you know, an understanding of what helical piles being spec'd, um, and what the, uh, the required, uh, installation torque is, uh, for that project. And it's not necessarily, you know, um, the max torque for that helical pile, but generally they'll have a, a um, a, a required installation torque and, and, and to kind of, uh, extremely simplify it. You know, it's, it's generally, Hey, you know, they have a load of whatever that's uh, the, heli- you know, the helicals are going to be supporting. Um, and then, you know, however conservative or aggressive they want to be, there's a, a safety factor. Um, so you multiple of the safety factor by the load and you get your ultimate capacity. Um, well, each helical pile um, has a, a torque to capacity ratio. So if you take your ultimate, and, and divide it by your your torque to capacity ratio for that pile. That'll get you around your your required installation torque. Um, and and that that all happens um, uh, you know uh, with involvement of a lot of other people and and, uh, and, and information. But uh, generally, that's uh, they they have that one coming to us. So you know with with, uh, with anchor installation and pile installation, you know torque is king. You know you if you need the torque, you need the torque. So. You know, from that point on, um, you know, really, we're just making sure that, uh, for one, um, you're, you're you have the proper machine, um, spec'd out for that drive head, uh, and make sure that you're able to achieve the torques you need to achieve with that, uh, uh, with that machine, the, the the pressures that are available from that machine, and uh, and and at the same time, making sure that you're going to be able. to Be happy and be able to live with the speeds you're going to get with the flow on that machine um so you know really a a lot of it on our end is just hey look making sure you have the torque and then making sure um that it's a feasible fit to your machine um and uh and and from that point we can you know we can make it real easy on you but putting together a complete uh complete package quote with uh with the, the mounting and plumbing and uh you know any drive tool adapters you may need to connect to the pile um, any torque measurement systems uh, you may need to to either monitor or, or monitor or or record monitor and record your your installation torques yeah that's uh, that that's essentially um, you know it, and and oftentimes we do get the calls from people you know people saying hey look you know I have a skid steer or an eight ton mini excavator and I, I want to get into this you know quote me a drive and I say well you know what sort of projects are you looking to take on and you know, do you have a project? No, no, but I just want to start in, in, in installing screw and and me, uh, you know, I'm give very me the biggest one you go. Situ-
3: That's usually yeah. That.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but I'm very forthright in saying, hey, look, you know, you need to you need to start the process. Oftentimes, refer them to a uh, you know uh, you know a reputable pile manufacturer that 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 we do business with and uh, and say, hey, look, you know, when you get uh, you know all your information sorted out, come back to me and and. Uh, and we'll get you, uh, we'll get you sorted because you know all I can really do at the moment is, is give you a range of drives that are, are feasible to use on the machine you have, but but, but I can't guarantee that that's going to be right for the, the jobs you're looking to line up. So, so yeah, some you know sometimes people go about it uh, a little bit backwards. Um, you know, oftentimes even if I don't know the uh, the the installation, you know what they need for a specific application, if I know what helical pile they're using um you know what the max torque rating is of that pile. Oh, even if we just know what needs to be installed or you know we've uh, seen enough uh, instances and um you know sold enough of these where we can we can kind of put them in a, a, a torque range just based on that information as well but uh you know obviously always preferred on my end to uh to have a uh, a, a required torque that that uh, that they know up front and, and that we know we need to supply them a drive that, that can achieve that
0: all right so the customer comes comes to you and says um i need a drive that'll put a screw anchor for a hundred thousand uh foot pounds what are some of the ways that uh, he can measure that to make sure that he's uh achieved it
1: sure um you know we have a, a few different systems uh you know the most basic of which is uh is a is a pretty simple adjustable inline uh, pressure relief valve. Um, it's it's fit you know in, in line between your, your hydraulic source and, and the drive head. Um, there's a there's a dial gauge on on, uh, on one side reading the supply and another side uh, reading the return. Um, and that's a good system because you can manually work out your differential pressure. Right, the supply minus the return. That's the operating pressure. That's what's being converted to torque, and uh, and then you correlate that to a, a torque chart, uh, you know, re- the respective torque chart for whatever drive you have. Um, one of the beauties of that system is uh, is it also allows you to bypass pressure before the head. So let's say you have a you know twenty thousand foot pound head, that um, are putting in a you know two and seven eighths or three inch pile. That's uh, that, that that's rated to lesser torques. You can actually, you know, if you know what torque you need, you can actually look at the torque chart and say, okay, I achieved that at you know, eighteen hundred psi, and you can you can uh, wind the relief out such that it will relieve when you achieve that pressure. So, in, in, in essence, it, it gives you the ability to bypass pressure before the before the head to protect your steel in those uh, in those instances. Um, so that's the, the most inexpensive, also the most uh, you know, manual of the systems. Um, we have a, an electronic differential pressure gauge that uh, is able to be fit to you know to to really drives we sell worldwide, um, and, uh, and it's uh, electronic pressure reading transducers plumbed right in at the motor um, that uh, that that in real time you get uh, you get differential pressure. Um, on a digital display in cab, and 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 again, you can be you correlate that right to the uh, the torque chart and have a good estimation of, of where you're at. And uh, you know the most sophisticated and expensive of them all is the, is the calibrated torque measurement. Um, you know it, it seems that the industry's is uh, moving towards calibrated torque measurement. Obviously, everybody has a, a vested interest in and. In, uh, and in knowing that that pile is installed to the, the the torque that it needs to be uh installed to with these systems uh, you know we have a a few a couple different systems now a torque hub that actually sleeves over the the shaft of the the uh the drive the output shaft or a, uh, a torque spool that is kind of flange to flange and fit in between um and you have to connect to with a uh, with a uh, you know steel fabricated adapter but but essentially these systems are, are, are great because um, it leaves the guesswork out of it um, you know that uh, you know that the, 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 the torque reading you're getting is a calibrated actual torque measurement all of the data um, is is recorded um, it's able to be uh, exported uh, to your email downloaded via USB and then the software is pretty user friendly as well where you can graph this information. You know, print it off. Have have the project managers, engineers, a record, um, sign off on it, and and away you go. So it it uh, to a certain level gives that uh, installer uh, you know uh, another uh, another tool in his bag and, and another level of accountability um, when uh, when bidding on projects and so on and so forth.
0: All right, uh, just moving on to. Australia, I think uh, we we find that there's a slightly different system in the US where pile manufacturers will have their own uh, schools or uh, uh, learning centres and they train new uh, installers how to install piles, they'll sell them the drive, they'll sell them the piles and and set them on their way to, to a brand new business. Um, that model hasn't come out in Australia and so on. Alan, do you yes. see that as a as a likely?
2: Um, it's it's heading that way. It's 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 heading that way, but it's it, it's different. It's you know in the US, you know there is these pol- you mentioned pole manufacturers that actually do everything. They they manufacture the pole, they engineer the pole, they they. They have direct contact with um, foundation engineers. Um, with you know, someone doing a job, will actually contact these people direct, um, and they and these particular organisations will have all across the US have will have certified pile installers of their of their particular pile. Here in Australia, we've got pile manufacturers, and then we have installers. There's, it's sort yeah, of they, like yeah,
3: they sort of set up a yeah. like a subcontractor yeah. and yeah. give them a brief yeah. training and and how to do it and but yeah they're not they're not sort of tied together.
2: They're not yeah they're not tied together. It's it's, it's look it's different and, and there's a lot of differences between the US and and Australia and the markets and in you know whatever. But um, I, I do see it coming and it slowly is and you know I think down in our southern states Victoria around there. I'm seeing it more come into into that way. Um, as opposed and Victoria, to Victoria.
3: Victoria's probably the most mature market for screw anchor oh right yeah, now, 100%. isn't it?
2: Hundred percent. I mean once
3: it was a Queensland thing when, when piling first came out, and yeah. the screw piling but yeah it's um it's boomed down in Vic. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah
0: well, I I just feel that we need more of that education process, but uh, not just at installer level, but um, we need more engineers to choose uh, screw anchors over yeah. traditional concrete foundations. As well. um,
2: look in the U- you know the US, they have um, there's there's engineers over there who've if you think about, it, they've dedicated their life, their life learning to screw mm. and and the whole concept and and it's not a new thing. It goes back to the 1800s or something. Mm. It's, it's like nothing that's you know, happened. Just <coughs> this, thing, this you know this.
1: Well, this what I, I see over here is too. It's like you know. Um, you know, to, to, to the credit of the helical pile manufacturers, the, the major players in that realm, um, you know, they'll. Be, you know, we're, we all have to compete with somebody. But at the end of the day, I, I think that they do, you know, I'm on the other end of it, but uh, I think they do a good job of, uh, of kind of banding together um, to, to promote the technology as, mm-hmm. as a whole. And uh, we see that at a lot of the, you know, we go to all the DFI um, uh deep foundation institute that you know their their conferences and and uh super pile the annual show whatnot and and there's a lot of these breakout sessions and it is that it's, it's you know you know uh major manufacturer pile manufacturer a b and c are all kind of band together to to promote the technology and and uh you know this is this is these are the shows a lot of the uh a lot of engineers a lot of uh, and so on and so forth uh heavily geared towards uh uh, college students things things of that nature where they go to learn and and uh so i, I do feel that they've done a you know a real good job of uh of promoting the the technology and and kind of all banding together to, to to do so um but you know to touch on the the training and whatnot and and also that you know as, as they're bringing in new clients and whatnot they're they're making sure that the the training is is there for them and and uh, that they're they're certified to to install the the, the product and um, and uh, that's that's pretty commonplace with, uh, with really anyone that we've worked with uh, thus far.
2: yeah you know, Bowen Bo and myself, we, we actually went and did one of the courses over there with, with one of the, uh, the the bigger the bigger players in the market there and it's uh, they're, they're really well run. The, the lecturers give you know what they're teaching you is really well taken that you know what the, the literature they give you to, to understand is quite it's quite good. And I think it was like a, it was a two day course, wasn't it? Bo or something. We sat through, and at the yeah, end, of, at yeah, the end like of it, you, you got you know you, you had to sit a little sort of test at the end. Okay, but, um, you know, if you've been listening for the two days, you know, no one failed, but <laughs> but you know you got a certificate to say that you know you had sat through this course and uh, just like doing a little TAFE course here in Australia, it was quite good. And you know, if you if we could see something like that in Australia, I think screw piles would, would be mm. we'd see more of it here I, I think you know people just don't understand them here uh, a lot of people just think they're a uh, it's a helix welded onto the end of a pipe and how many guys do we know that have tried to make their own screw mm. piles to save a save a dollar mm. and all they're using is a is a, an auger flight you yeah. know, a, a square pitch auger flight and augering it, it in instead of and screwing just, it and in. just yeah, it just doesn't work
0: no, I, I guess uh, with Australia coming on and, and pushing towards screw piles, uh, Digger's in a good position with uh, everything that we've learnt from, from the overseas market.
2: 100%. Yeah.
0: So we might leave it there for this episode. Um, we hope that everybody got something out of the episode. But uh, before we go, uh, we received some uh, great feedback after the last episode. A, uh, Mitchell Davies uh,
2: has suggested that we bring more structure into uh, the episode. Yeah, I've got Mitchell on some of my other social media um, sites and I don't know, think you'll ever please this guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> so anyway... Oh, petrol uh, <laughs> uh,
0: Look out for uh, new segments in the new episode, new and improved uh, podcast, hopefully. Bo, we thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with
1: us. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Uh, it's been fun.
0: All right, bye for now.
1: See you, man. Bye. Thank give
0: to you guys before we go if you have a question regarding this podcast or a topic suggestion for a future podcast let us know by emailing podcast at digger.com we'll try to answer your questions in an upcoming episode if you enjoyed this episode of the digger podcast don't forget to subscribe or follow so you don't miss the next one and leave us a five-star review while you're there and also don't forget to tell your friends about it Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and through our website, digad.com.
1: Thanks for listening.